Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Pastor Mark, can you explain to me what fruit looks like? Yes, I absolutely can. It's really five things that I use. There's probably more, but I use these. It's godly character. So here it comes. Character. What does godly character mean? If I'm being fruitful, I'm being like God, I'm following Jesus, then my character is going to look like Jesus. What is that? Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit, notice, of the Spirit, remember, you're a tree, fruit tree, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Since the Israelites of Jesus' day were primarily farmers, Jesus used examples they were familiar with to explain about heaven to come. He often spoke of fig trees since they were a common plant of that time. He likened the outward evidence of the inner work of the Holy Spirit to fruit. Good fruit indicated successful outworking of God in one's life. Bad fruit indicated God was not working through one's life. Pastor Mark will be clarifying the particular characteristics of this godly fruit and will help us to understand the necessity for godly fruit to be evident in our lives. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part three of his message, Repent and Be Fruitful. What does he do? He's looking for what? Tell me. He's looking for fruit. What do you expect off of a fig tree? Fruit. So he's looking for it. What does that tell me? Remember, who's the fig tree? Raise your hand if you're a fig tree this morning. What should be in your life? Fruit. So he's looking in your life for what? Fruit. I'll tell you about fruit in a moment. And why is God doing that? Because there's a performance review coming for Christians. Your time, talents, gifts, finances. How are you doing with all that? How are you doing with that? Are you being fruitful? Does it show that there's been a change? He comes and he looks for fruit and he doesn't find any at all. Jesus then spoke about this earlier in his ministry. I'll give it to you. Matthew 3, 8, if you want to write it down. Notice what Jesus says. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. In other words, if you say you've repented, show me. Prove by the way you live that your repentance is real and you've turned from your sins and you're actually following Jesus Christ. Look at verse 7. So he says to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit, three years, on this fig tree, and I haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Now, let me talk about Israel for a moment, the nation of Israel. 
How long did Jesus minister when he started ministering at the age of 30? How long did he minister? What did we just read? There was no fruit for three years. For how many? Three years. So what is then the initial thing talking about the nation of Israel is this. When Jesus started his ministry, he came to his own people and his own people said, no, you're not the Messiah. How long did he tell them he was the Messiah? Three years. They rejected him. They just totally rejected him. Now, so there was no fruit. Now, notice what God says. Cut it down. Cut it down. Now, interestingly enough, when Jesus was one day early in his ministry, he stood on the Temple Mount, actually across from it. And he looked and he said to his disciples, look at the temple. That thing is fun. And it was phenomenal in those days. It was just absolutely gorgeous. And he says, you know, one day, there won't be one stone sitting on another stone. And the disciples said, are you crazy? There's no way that building's coming down. That's God's place. He said, no, it's coming. Judgment's coming for the nation of Israel. And so notice God looked, and this is a picture of what would come. They don't know it yet, but 40 years later, what happened on AD 70? The Romans came in, absolutely demolished Jerusalem, no stone left today. When you go over to Israel with us, you see these huge stones laying on the ground. And millions of Jewish people were killed. And they were scattered around the world. They were cut down. There was no fruit. They didn't believe in Jesus. There's no use. I have no use for you right now. Until 1948, which was predicted in the Old Testament, the Jews came back to their land. And eventually, during this seven-year tribulation, they will come to know God. But right then, there was no fruit at all. So see, that's initial fulfillment. In them. But you say, well, Pastor Mark, does this have anything to do with me? Oh, it has lots to do with you and me. Now, look at your life this morning. Write this down. This is kind of a definition of where we're going. This is Jesus. Fruit is to think, act, and be like Jesus. So it's a change. That results in making one person looking good. Not me, but God. And that's exactly what it is. Now, when you see that happening, Pastor Mark, can you explain to me what fruit looks like? Yes, I absolutely can. It's really five things that I use. There's probably more, but I use these. It's godly character. So here it comes. Character. What does godly character mean? If I'm being fruitful, I'm being like God, I'm following Jesus, then my character is going to look like Jesus. What is that? Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit, notice, of the Spirit, remember, you're a tree, fruit tree, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. How many have all those down right now this morning? Perfect. No problem. Yeah, put your hand up. You're a sinner. Mm. Repent. No, we don't have those down. Are we working on it? Amen. Are we trying to teach our kids that? Amen. That's the fruit of the Spirit. When I'm changed, that's what I'm going to be like. Notice, self-control. I don't lose control. Self-control from God. Number two, godly works. Ephesians chapter 2 says, we're saved by grace. And then in verse 10, it says this. God created you to do good works before you were born. So just last weekend, you know what we did? We had more than 400 people go out and we did a compassion day. We helped older people fix their yards, the fences, painted house, painted a church for somebody. We did stuff all over the community. Good works. Way to go, guys. 
Who did that make look good? Calvary Chapel? No, God. People asked him, why did you come here in our neighborhood to help us? Well, because we wanted to show you that we have a great church. No, we came here to show you that God loves you. Can I hear an amen? See, that's what it's all. So it's good work. It's going to happen in your life. Number three, godly giving. When I am becoming fruitful, like Christ, what was Jesus? Was Jesus a taker or a giver? To the nth degree. Is God a taker or a giver? He's a giver. So you can't be a taker, stingy, with your time, talents, and your money, and your ties, and call yourself a Christian that's growing, bearing fruit. Isn't happening. Next, godly praise. You did it great today. Jesus be the center of my life. And the one I raise my hands like crazy. Jesus be the center of our church. Because you know, there's a lot of churches where Jesus is no longer the center. We want to have him the center of our church. He is the foundation of our church. It's not about a man. It's not about you. So understand that praise is, and Hebrews says, the praise of my lips, the fruit of my lips. Way to praise God this morning. You guys did terrific. Now here's the one that's huge for us. The last one, godly witness. It has to do with our VIO. Now remember, here's Paul. Notice what Paul says. He's talking to the church at Rome that he established. You to know, dear brothers and sisters, man, that I plan many times to visit you, but I was prevented until now. I want to work among you and see what? Spiritual fruit. What does he mean by that? People that are unbelievers coming to salvation. Do you get it? So Paul says, I'll do whatever I can to win some. He says, I want to come. I want to work among you. I want to teach you. I want to share you how to get saved and see spiritual fruit. Just as I've seen among other Gentiles all over the world where Paul went, he was on target. He was on mission. He was doing the VIO. Remember, Jesus commanded every single one of us to be on mission, to go and seek the lost. Well, let me give you an example of what happens. Linda and I have friends. And uh, surprising. <laughs> friends that we've been, uh, we're good friends with lots of people, but these guys, we, we'll go over to their house often for dinner, whatever, and we take them out. Anyway, they love the garden. So they have a great big fig tree in the backyard, all these figs on it. And they gave Linda and I uh, a branch of one to plant. We planted it. <laughs> you come to our yard? There ain't no fix. There's just no. Actually, this year my wife said, oh, there's a fig. Look at that fig. Next day, dropped off. So when we go over to the house, guess what they talk about? Come out to the backyard and pick some figs, would you? What, are we chop liver or what? So every time we go home, you know, they make fun of us. There's no fruit. There's no fruit. Now, when you think about all of that, I want you to think about this. If you're, a, if you're a fig tree and you're producing fruits, who's the fruit for? Is it for the tree? Here's a fig tree. Of course, a fig tree and apple tree doesn't eat its own apples. Who's it for? Somebody else. See, all the fruit that we bear, is it for us? 
No, it's for others. Generosity, praise, encouraging people, witnessing to people. Do you get it? It's not for us. It's to make God look good and bless other people. Thank you for being on mission with VIO. We're coming to a season. You know, all the holidays, people will come to church, start inviting, start praying, start looking. Don't stop looking for open doors. God will give you all kinds of opportunities. That fruit, that that witness of sharing God's love is the very heart of God. And that's why Jesus went to the cross to die for the sins of the whole world. Outside this room, Bad things are happening to good people and to bad people. They don't get it. And they blame God. It's not God's fault. And there is a solution to those bad things in their life. Now, watch how VIO is supposed to work. Remember, the value and impact of one person sharing good news, watching them come to Christ. Look at this verse, Colossians 1.16. This same Paul writing, the same good news that came to you is going out, where? All over the world. It is bearing what? Fruit everywhere. How? By, here it comes again, changing lives. What is repentance? Change, change, change a life, not just an event. Just as it changed your life from the day you first heard and understand the truth about God's wonderful grace. That's the end result. Take the gospel to the whole world. And you guys are doing it. We live in Brevard County and we just want to affect that area for Christ. And of course, we just had a mission team get back. We got another mission team going to Haiti. We got people going all over the world. Good stuff. I just lined up. Linda and I are going to be doing something at a Calvary Chapel mission agent. About 200 pastors will be there sometime after the first year. And then we're going to go to another country that we're in, Nepal. And there's a little Bible college you guys said we're going to teach there. And we just get to do all this stuff. And that's what we do. We do where God sends us. I just put God first in God. What do you want to do? What do you, how do you want to use it? That's why you don't want to miss Dr. James Davis on Wednesday night. You'll see what that looks like around the world. Their goal is to win a billion people to Christ before the end of this century. A billion people to Christ. Amen? Now, and when you go to John 15, it's not a fig tree. It's actually branches in a vine. It's wine. But here, watch me. When you go there, Jesus speaks and he says this. There needs to be fruit, much fruit, and more fruit. In other words, he wants us to be bearing fruit, more fruit, much fruit. Just keep more and more and more because it's powerful. And if that goes, God looks good. People are getting saved. The world's being changed. Now, write this down this morning. This is from Jesus to you, John 15. Increasing fruit in our lives shows we have repented for real and are being productive. Now, if you had a fig tree and we're about ready to do it and there was no figs for three years, what would you do with that sucker? You'd do just exactly what God said. Cut it down. We're not quite there. We're praying for hope. But pretty soon, we're cutting down, put something else there. Tired of them people making fun of us. All right, now. Watch what happens. This is probably Jesus speaking. Look in verse 8. Sir, the man replied, 
in other words, the gardener, leave it alone for one more year. And I'll, watch this, I'll dig around it and I'll fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, cut it down. Now, these three years of no fruit, and yet there's an extension. He's asking for an extension from God for one more year. What is that a picture of? It's a picture of God's patience and graciousness. Some of you have been Christians a long time, maybe fruit, but you've never moved past it. And God's just saying, is nature. Let me read to you Psalm 103. The Lord is compassionate and he's gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Now, why in the world was God going to be patient with this tree? Why is he patient with you and me when maybe we're not really changing like we should and we're not productive? Because he knows that every tree has great potential. He knows that you can bear much more. He's given you the ability. Many of you that have known Christ for a long time, more than three years, he's saying to you this morning, I'm going to give you another year. Come on, go for it. And that's my challenge to me and to you this morning. Now, here's a picture of a tree, fig tree, with no fruit. By the way, it is not our tree. Our tree doesn't even look that good. So there's a tree. Now tell me, when you look at it, there's no fruit. What was Jesus going to do? What, what did we just read? Tell me what Jesus was. Two things Jesus was going to do. Tell me what they were. He's going to dig around it in the soil. And then what was the second thing? Fertilize. Now I want to give that to you spiritually this morning. I want you to look at that tree. Why don't you ask yourself, you're a fig tree. What's it look like? You can't turn to somebody else. What does your fig tree look like? Is it filled with fruit? Does it look healthy? Now, when you see that, then you want to say, what would make my tree, my life, more fruitful? Two things. A little digging around by the master. And a little fertilizer. Well, let me show you how that works. This, it might hurt, but it won't harm. So you're a tree and I'm a tree. First thing Jesus is going to do is he's going to what? Play around in the soil. What's causing this tree to be non-productive? How deep is he going? To the roots. He's going right down to the bottom line, the roots. What's wrong? Dead root? Nematodes? What's there? And he's going to bring the roots up that are bad. He's going to take care of them. Let me show you scripture. As he's digging around in your life and my life this morning, lots of illustrations I'm just using too. Paul says it. Get rid of all bitterness. So as God's down in our life, he's speaking to you this morning. He's speaking to me. Has he found this morning bitterness and rage and anger 
and harsh words and slander, as well as all kinds of evil behavior. Get rid of it. It's not healthy. It's keeping you from being fruitful. It's keeping you of making God look good. And instead, let God help us. Get rid of that. Get down to the root of the problem and be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Now, one of the big things you see is forgiving one another. Many believers and unbelievers have unforgiveness because of hurts of life. And these results of bitterness and unforgiveness, they ultimately affect the root, which is our heart this morning. God's down there in the root. That's our heart. Look at what Hebrews 12, 15 says. See that no one misses the grace of God. You got a year. You got another year of grace after three years. See that no one misses the grace of God. And that no bitter root grows up and causes trouble and defiles many. Bitterness comes in our life from a hurtful situation or a disappointment where we refuse to forgive the person. It grows and grows and it grows deep. God today wants to get down and get that root, which is your heart, and get you to forgive. And that bitterness, that root of bitterness, it'll just dry up to nothing. You see, life is painful. We've already talked about this. Life is painful for everybody. Oh, Pastor Mark, you don't know what that person did to me. No, I don't. I can't forgive them. Yes, you can. When God says forgive, he equips me to forgive. Is it easy? No. Because it's hurtful. Probably most of us understand that the things people do, and we hurt people, life is just like that. We're humans. We fail. We sin. We hurt others. They hurt us, sometimes intentional, sometimes unintentional, and sometimes we just have to learn to forgive. And you're here this morning saying, Becker, if I told you, you don't need to tell me. I've been hurt. We've all been hurt. I've hurt people. So have you. On the cross, what did Jesus say to the people that nailed him up there? Father, hurt him. No. Father, forgive them because they don't even know what they're doing. So if you're here this morning, I just want to say to you, God's identified that unforgiveness. And very often it's in marriage and divorce and all that kind of stuff or families. You know, as we get to the holiday season, all of that stuff brings up these amazing circumstances. I don't want them at our table and just stuff that we carry on. Now, I want you to understand, when that root of unforgiveness is in my heart, who does it really affect? It's really difficult to live Christ's way. That's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Pastor Mark has been talking a lot about being forgiving and allowing God to work in our lives and through our lives so that he can develop his fruit so as to bless others. It's important to remember that we are here to make God look good and to show others the way to Jesus. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin a new message continuing on in the book of Luke. We will join Jesus in the synagogue where he does something to upset the religious leaders. We will learn what it's meant by the term value and impact of one. Pastor Mark will also speak more about repentance as well as share more of Jesus' warnings about false teachers in the church. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.